Welcome to podcast number three. Where is my testimony? Depression feels like sin and church feels like hell. I will start this podcast with a quick note. It's probably obvious. I will be using the word hell in both a real and figurative sense. It is not intended to be offensive, but uh, meaningful in the discussion. Also, this is not an official publication of The Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, nor does it represent any opinion of the presiding leadership. The opinions are mine and mine alone. Now, in the last podcast, we talked through what depression is. You can go back to that podcast if you want to recap. I will reiterate some of it here. I have attempted over time to find some type of explanation for those who have never experienced depression, to find some level of understanding. I suppose that you really can't explain it to someone. It doesn't mean that I haven't felt depression, that they haven't felt depression. Most of us have had some difficult moments in time. Death, severe disappointment, relationship breakups, and the like do contain similar feelings. There is a significant difference, however, between a difficult moment in time and a mental illness. It is simply that a bad moment in time, even one that is relatively long, has a defined reason. You know why you feel bad. You can point to evidence as to why you feel the way you do. I'm not lessening the severity of this type of depression, nor any attending consequences. Both types of depression can lead to dark places. However, depression contains an added dimension and element and is the most baffling thing to anyone who has ever experienced it. You feel like you just broke up with your soulmate, but nothing has happened. In fact, life might be going very well for you overall. So not only do you feel bad, but you have a large disconnect between what you feel and your current emotional and mental experiences. Where you should be happy and content, you are sad, frustrated, and discontented for no particular outside reason. This type of disconnect creates significant distress in the body and mind, in addition to the depression itself. It causes a deep void and a distrust of your own feelings causes you to make up reasons as to why you feel the way you do. You look for evidence that would give some kind of rationality to it. The more time that passes where the environment doesn't match your feelings, a despair grows and then a shutdown begins. You have to withdraw from the current reality or your feelings, or sometimes both, as what you are seeing on the outside doesn't match what you feel, and you just can't get rid of the negative feelings. Now, the worst part of all of it is that the loss of peace, spirituality, and feelings of depression feel very much like sin. For someone who is deeply religious to feel as though they have offended God when they have not creates a terrible rift in the spiritual fabric of the soul. I can't tell you how many conversations I have had in my mind walking through every past sin in my life that could have come back to haunt me and what I might have done wrong. Now, as human beings, we naturally do this anyway, but place the mind in a state where it can't explain what is happening and the natural tendency to self-deprecate goes into overdrive. This is where I learned a great truth about feelings as we think about them. They drive almost everything and anything we undertake to accomplish. They are the impetus for all of the great innovations in life, and for all spiritual impressions and occurrences. 
and even the most simple actions, including getting out of bed in the morning. Most people who have not experienced depression might think that they probably control all of their emotions, not the other way around. Control is probably used more loosely in that sense. We do control the conscious reactionary tendencies that turn into action. And what that means is we are really controlling those emotions that boil to the top and become conscious, including sadness, anger, confusion, great happiness, joy, and the like. What most people don't understand is there exists a motivational force, force within each of us that drives every action we take. I would place that motivational force under the realm of an emotion. Some call it a drive, desire, passion. There are many names. Everyone has lived with this force since their birth, so it really becomes a part of who they are and is inseparable and indistinguishable. It lives deep within our subconscious. Well, that is until it boils to the conscious or goes haywire, as in the case of depression or bipolar and even other mental illnesses. Once this force that affects every moment of every day and every motivation goes off the rails, it feels as though the whole world has changed. It changes your reality, your very core nature, and your personality. It changes your drive to do almost everything. It changes what you want to eat and don't want to eat, what you wear, what you don't want to wear, your social nature, your sexual drive, your life in every aspect. The great secret in life is that changing the motivational force inside of you changes who you are. Now, my wife always said that she lived with three husbands, two of them which were often difficult to live with. There was the depressed husband, the normal one, and the one who was overly optimistic and would talk for hours. Living with someone who has a mental illness, specifically with depression that cycles, and in some sense, all depression cycles, can be living like, can be like living with, with two different people. Now, shifting back to the subject of motivational force, changing in a depression, once you have given in to the new negative, in dark reality that is depression, then everything feels like sin, whether the action is a good one or not. Eventually you come to the scripture that states that wickedness never was happiness. And here is the reality. If wickedness is associated with unhappiness, and I am not happy or at peace, then I must be wicked or at least sinful. Remember, depression has no immediate cause like death of a loved one, so it's easy to move into this idea of being sinful. Not only do you feel this as real as sunshine, but everyone, everything someone says about living the gospel reminds you of this fact. If you go to places where you have felt peace in the past, and now you only feel despair, then the only rational explanation, and your mind does need this explanation, is that you aren't doing enough, good enough, being enough, or haven't done something you should have. So attending places like church can be and often is hell. Because the new reality where you once found peace, you only see unhappiness, despair, and pain. To be in a place that is supposed to provide peace, but only brings pain, guilt, anguish, and personal despair, is really hell. It's as if you entered heaven and felt as though you didn't belong. I can't imagine it being much worse than a deep depression. Attending church had to be one of the most difficult experiences of depression. 
Not only did I not feel peace and the spirit, but everything else that was that I was supposed to do and couldn't, such as being social, teaching, thinking deeply, was constantly staring me in the face. At church and everywhere else, you are supposed to care about your fellow man when you can't even care about yourself, much less another individual. Also, everything you hear in church and are taught reminds you of what you are not doing, not being, not becoming, and in reality, you can't become. So the experience overall is unpleasant and is hell. Now, related to the need to care about your fellow man is the desire of the church social peer group to see you happy, fulfilled, complete, and upbeat. If you aren't, then the, the questions transpire. Or worse, people avoid you. You really don't want the questions because you have no desire to answer them. And being avoided only reinforces the idea that you aren't worthy. So as a defense mechanism, most people afflicted with depression and other mental illnesses will do what is referred to as masking. I would say that I would say every person who has experienced depression in any manner has done this, whether they really know it or not, or know what it's called. It is basically mimicking what a normal, happy, fulfilled person would say, do, and in outward appearance. Anyone who has had depression for any length of time becomes fairly good at it, but it is miserable at its very core. It is pretending to be exactly what you are not. Happy, fulfilled, loving, caring, willing to serve, and at peace. It is exhausting to the body and mind, and it only serves to remind you that you are not feeling any of those things, and that it is not your current reality. I am not saying that you should wear your feelings like your clothing, but long-term masking can cause all kinds of problems, including deeper depression. But masking is required in a social group that doesn't get it, doesn't understand. I am not against it, and I certainly get it why we do it, and maybe it does have some value and that it avoids the questions you really don't want to answer. But I definitely would say that it should be limited. This doesn't mean that you give in to the darkness and depression and wallow in the mire. This is certainly not helpful. Just be mindful of the effects and know when to say when and rest. Now, in the last episode, and in this one, I expressed three of the great difficulties with depression that lead to this discussion of testimony. One, the personal revelation through feelings of the Spirit is almost impossible. Two, that depression creates a great disconnect between one's outside environment, environmental life and one's feelings. And three, that feelings of depression and sin are pretty much identical. Now, given those conclusions, I would hope to move on to one of the consequences. Maintaining a testimony of the gospel is often a serious problem with mental illness. My experience, and I don't think that it's just mine, was that after every depression episode, I would have to rebuild my shattered reality and testimony from the pieces that remain. I didn't lose the knowledge, so I possessed the knowledge and the doctrinal understanding, but a testimony requires light the spirit, and the ability to remember those witnesses we have received. Depression obscures the light and the spirit to the point that recall of those moments of witness becomes very difficult and next to impossible. In addition, the change of reality and the inability to trust anything you feel makes the rebuilding process extremely difficult.
A testimony requires confirming witness and a consistent remembrance of those feelings and witness moments. Without the witness and the confirmation of truth, testimony really doesn't exist. Certainly you can maintain the doctrinal principles as facts and figures in your head, but facts and figures do not a testimony make. Otherwise, there would be a significantly greater membership. So you start to pick up the pieces with the facts and the figures and attempt sometimes fruitlessly to rebuild the witness and confirmations that attended those doctrines. Since my experiences are the ones I knew best, and that is what I will describe, hopefully my descriptions can provide some insight and help to others who have similar concerns. Now, once my feelings of darkness and despair had abated from the depression, or at least lessened, I would spend several days numb without feeling. At least I felt this way. I would suppose that it was more likely that the emotional darkness and pain had been so significant that I couldn't feel the other feelings as they were far diminished from the extremes. I would liken it to having music turned up to a maximum volume and then suddenly turning the volume down to a low level. The music still exists, you just can't hear it. After the numbness begins to dissipate, feelings would return that are familiar to the spirit, but because I just spent time questioning and denying my feelings, I simply couldn't trust what I was feeling. It would take several more days for feelings to begin to alter my motivation and my reality and bring me back to a more normal state. Now, once there and those feelings of the spirit returned, the rebuilding processes began. I would begin to return to a more social person and the darkness of the world seemed to lift to a more reassuring, positive atmosphere. Witnesses I had received in the past while reading scriptures would return again. Church, church the first few times is definitely was definitely disconcerting, as I expected the disconnect of feelings that I had felt before. But eventually some of the peace began to return. The world begins to somewhat be enjoyable again. Reading scriptures, prayer, attending church become more normal. Now I understand that not everyone has allowed this type of reprieve in their depression. Bipolar does give some relief once in a great while, but not sure that it's overly beneficial cycling in and out of depression. It creates further distress and disconnect in the system and a tendency to stop effective medical treatments. I'm certainly not diminishing anyone's mental illness or depression simply because it's not of the bipolar kind. Depression is depression, and darkness is darkness, and comparisons really shouldn't exist as to who is more depressed or suffering greater distress in their life. I think that my point is that depression, depression does not remain the same in intensity or length all of the time for most people. It can depend on a variety of factors, including regular patterns of rest, consistency with medicinal aids, consistency with foods and diet, and avoiding substances that are simply bad for depression and bipolar, counseling, support from others, even sunlight, and avoiding as much stress as possible. And using methods of stress reduction when you have stress. I could go on, uh, but I won't. Depression is very much like life in general. Either you manage it or it's going to manage you. So back to the subject at hand. How can you regain, or at the very minimum, augment your testimony when you are in the cycles of depression? whether those cycles are bipolar or more of a cycle of lessening or worsening of the disease. First thing you have to do is take care of yourself and manage the situations. If you are continually placing yourself in high-stress situations, then management and an increase in testimony are not going to be plausible. 
Stress in all of its forms and variations is one of the major factors that can cause depression to worsen and cycle. Now, I can't tell you exactly how to do this, but you're going to have to manage your schedule, meaning consistent periods of rest at consistent times, consistent foods, and eating patterns, meaning your life is going to have to be very consistent and, I guess, boring. You need to manage what you put into your body and the rest you give your body. Consistent times for rest are extremely important. I know about as well as anyone that depression, pain, both length and depth can cause one to look for sources of relief. Now, mine was always caffeine and sugar, but I know many have looked for relief in a variety of places and substances that are detrimental to the body and the disease. I was lucky enough to have not really have access to other substances, or I'm not sure that I wouldn't have fallen into those difficult traps. I guess I really can't be sure what I would have done. But I know that the temptation would have been there, and depression is simply no place for temptation. Substance providing relief, temporary relief, generally don't work for depression. The disease needs to be managed on a long-term basis. Short-term fixes lead only to a greater darkness and deepening of the suffering. So if you can do anything, avoid the short-term fixes. You're going to need to manage your friends and social relationships, meaning you're going to to have time for friends, you're not going to have time for friends, and even sometimes family, that are going to tax your emotional, mental, and physical resources. I know you can't always do this with family, and it's never going to be perfect, but there are many relationships you can manage and should. Management of relationships is difficult at best, and you are likely to disappoint some people. If you are a mother with young children, this is going to be especially difficult, and you're going to need some help. I know because my wife passed through the same thing. It's okay to ask for help. It is okay to say no, and it is okay to lose a friend or two if needed. If they are friends, you should be able to explain the disease, and they will understand and support. You will need support so you can look for friends and people that can provide the support you need. If you are a teenager or young adult who is single, relationships can be a source of of depression and emotional pain control. The chemicals running around in your brains when we are attracted to someone are some of the strongest and most powerful we possess, and they do a great job of removing pain. But, and here is the problem, they can create great dependencies that may cause you to do things not in harmony with who you are and the moral standards of the church. Be cautious with relationships. If you know you're in a depression and seeking this type of affection, be careful, very careful with who you associate and make sure they have the same standards as you. Depression is no place for friendly peer pressure. Your life actually may depend upon this. Relationships can also be one of the most beneficial aids to relieving the difficulty of depression, but can also do the most harm during a depression. The drive for affection and Positive chemicals running around in our brain can lead to remaining in abusive relationships and many, many other negative effects, both physically and spiritually. The best thing you can do is find someone who understands your mental illness and will provide the support you need, not just the affection or the what we would call the love drug. Now, what does all this have to do with your testimony aside from the temptation to break commandments vital to your spirituality? The answer is simple. If you do not take care of the physical, emotional, and mental aspects of your disease, the spiritual will suffer, and suffer dramatically. However, the good news is, the better the, 
the better you do manage your stress and physical body's response to the disease, the better your spirituality will be. This doesn't mean that managing your body will automatically fix the spiritual, but it will give you a greater opportunity to work on the spiritual aspects of your life. So as you manage your physical body and brain, you will also have to manage your spiritual life. And that is not going to be easy. You are still going to have bad days and moments where the fog will be too dense to get out a reasonable prayer. But you will have more good days where you are feeling the Spirit more fully. This means you're going to have to have regular scripture reading, prayer, attend church, and so forth. But you might have to say no to the extra social meeting, day of service, or other opportunities that come with being an active member. I think that's one of the most difficult things to do as a member, to say, I can't, or no. Not sure if it's the social pressure, people wondering if you're drifting off track, the disappointed looks, or prying questions. Might be all of them at once. And the guilty feeling of depression just makes that worse. But you will need to manage it. And if you can't find a friend, if you can't manage it yourself, find a friend who can do it for you. Best thing you can do is find a friend who can say no, and then listen to the friend. Thinking rationally in the depression is not easy, nor is making a decision that might make you feel guilty. Not because the activity wasn't something you should have done, but rather that other members thought it was something you should have done. I have found... I have often found that I needed my wife or other friends to say he can't today because I couldn't say it myself. Pushing yourself beyond your limits doesn't help anyone, including those around you. Crashing up and down in the depression window because you can't say no is detrimental to your health physically, mentally, and spiritually. And it's not going to provide any benefit to your family or friends who are looking after you. Saying no is actually probably one of the healthiest things you can learn to do, especially to those extra things we do in the membership roller coaster. If it helps to think of yourself as ill or sick, then do it. I use that reasoning all the time. People wonder why you're always sick, but I found it better than my mental illness won't let me today. So managing a disease in the end is the best thing for your testimony and church membership. Don't worry about the social peer membership crowd that doesn't get it. They aren't your judge anyway. Yes, you are likely to feel on the outside sometimes. As you manage your disease based on sound counsel and medical advice, then apply yourself to spiritual effort, you will see results. Albeit they might be small at times, and other times you might feel like you aren't even moving in the right direction. Everyone, and I mean everyone, including those who aren't depressed, struggle to obtain and keep the spirit in sufficient quantity that they can hear the voice of the Lord when he speaks. And depression makes that significantly more difficult but it is not impossible. However, giving up will make it impossible. So as I have said in the last two episodes, the Lord requires the fight, no matter how small, and then he can provide the rest. So how do you keep your testimony? You take care of your body within the limits of the disease, and you keep doing those things most important to your soul. And then you fight for it every day. So the next episode is going to cover a difficult topic one that is often difficult for many reasons, but I feel it's critical to discuss. I am going to discuss suicide. I know that it feels like the forbidden topic, like if I don't speak it, it won't happen. That is certainly a falsehood, and the discussion of the topic is more likely to save a life than to encourage one to take it. As, it, as always, it will not be a specific discussion about the topic from current social trends, but a review from a more gospel's perspective. I hope that you will listen.